I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Brock, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. What do you think your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving Day is? Chocolate pie. Chocolate pie? What's your second favorite? What's your non-dessert favorite thing? I think the turkey. The turkey. So you plan on eating turkey tomorrow? Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Right. I'll eat turkey tomorrow. Okay. Well, you're going to have to go somewhere and order it because we're not making turkey. (laughs) Trey, what is your favorite? Non-dessert is mashed potatoes. And dessert. And my favorite dessert. I'm going to guess apple pie. Not apple pie. Mm -hmm. Chocolate pie. It's a tie between pumpkin and chocolate pie. Oh, pumpkin pie is good. So is chocolate. Mom makes good chocolate pie. She made a nice-looking apple pie as well. I'm going to have to say my favorite Thanksgiving Day food is steak, because that's what we're going to be making tomorrow, is ribeyes. Mm-hmm, because and if I'm going to celebrate a meal, I'm going to eat my favorite food. And turkey. That's just what it is. There should be no turkey, Brock. We can slice you up some turkey breast, deli-style, if that's what you want. Okay, we will continue on in 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is the story of David, the start of the story of David and Bathsheba. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. David remained in Jerusalem. Where should David have been? Battling? Battling. He should have been with his people. He should have been battling. should have been doing the work. I heard a sermon once. It was by a lady. I can't remember her last name, but her first name was Havilah. Or is Havilah. And she talked about, we need to realize that as Christians, we are in a war. We're in a war against the forces of evil in this world. We have to realize that every day is going to be a battle. The good news is that Christ has already made us victorious. The difficult or the challenging news is that every day we still have to live this life in the flesh and there are still, there is still evil at work in this world. 
And that evil is seeking to do three things. Do you remember what those three things are? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. Steal, kill, and destroy. And obviously, we don't want our joy or our peace that we have an inheritance, an inheritance uh, to in Christ. We don't want that to be stolen, destroyed. No, and we don't want it killed, right? And further, there are people who are unsaved, and that's okay. We have to be patient with them. We have to, we don't have, we're not responsible for converting people who don't believe in Jesus. Our responsibility is to testify of the gospel and its power in our life. If that's not enough for somebody else, that's something they're going to have to take up with God. Right? All we can do is love them and testify of what the gospel is to us, what it's done in our life. And so we're not responsible. But these people are still, they're going through life. I believe that a majority of them will come to faith in Christ. And I believe that if they ever have the potential to come to him, he will find him. I do not believe that he will let his sheep die but that he will leave the 99 to go get the one. But there's an evil force as well that wants to kill, steal, and destroy their soul. And we need to realize that there's a battle. And David, in this instance, needs to be in the battle. He needs to realize that there's a battle, which I'm sure he does, and then we need to get in the battle. We can't be standing on the sidelines. We need to get in the battle. We're good players. We have Christ on our side. We belong in the game. We belong in the battle. And that is where we should be. That is where David should have been. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. There's a quote that is so true. It reminds me of an older generation, something that they would say. The quote is, it's an idle mind is the devil's playground. Do you know what an idle mind means? They like, um, they play with idols? No, 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 not like, not like, not like idle, although that's a very good interpretation. Idle is like a mind that's not doing anything. When you don't have a clear purpose to what you're doing with your day, or what you're trying to accomplish, it's you're kind of idle. You're like, well, what should I do? And when you start living life without any purpose, you become an easier target for the devil because you will start listening to the instincts of your flesh. And you know that the instincts of your flesh are at war against the instincts of your spirit when you are saved in Christ, right? Your flesh is asking you one thing, Your spirit is demanding of you the other thing. And when you're idle, when you're just kind of sitting there wondering what you should do, there's a lot of room for the flesh to win. And that is kind of where David's at right now. He's walking around the rooftop. There's a lot of things he could be doing. But right now he's just walking around the rooftop. And when you're just walking around the rooftop idle, things happen like you... No, he says, from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Obviously, if you see that, 
you should turn away. You know how we talk about how bodies are sacred? Our bodies are sacred. So are other people's. And really, unless it's your wife or you have a reason, um, you're, you're a child and you have a reason for your parent, or it's like a doctor situation, nobody should be seeing the sacred private parts of your body. Right? And yet David is watching this woman and he shouldn't have he should have turned away now I'm not going to judge him because this was a long time ago well no because many men struggle with this sort of thing because the Lord made women beautiful and that's good that's a good thing he made them so pleasing to us and he gave us a strong attraction to women but it is meant to be contained so that way we can share it in the true way, in the good way, in the best way, and not throw it away. So I'm not judging him, but he should have looked away. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. Guys, this is how sin starts. First you're bored, and you realize, I'm not happy. I want something to make me happy. You feel deprived and you want to be happy. And generally the easiest answer to make you think that you're going to be happy is sin. It won't do what it promises. It's always a lie. Always. It never holds up its end of the bargain. Sin will promise you everything. And when you've given it everything, it will leave you empty. It will never fill you with joy and peace like it promises to do. So David is bored. And he sees a woman. This happens to people. You see the object of sin. It's not sinful for Bathsheba to be a beautiful woman taking a bath. Nothing wrong with that. But David sees it and he starts thinking about sinning. Okay? It's very important once we start thinking about sinning. Listen, that's normal. You live in this flesh. It doesn't have to be with a woman. It can be a ton of other sins. But it is normal to think, ah, this sounds fun. That's a normal behavior. You don't have to feel bad about it. What's absolutely imperative is that you realize that ultimately what the devil would like to do with that sin is to steal, kill, and destroy and that's where it ends up. That's where it leads to. It kills relationships. It steals your peace. It destroys your joy. All the while telling you, this is what you need to feel loved. This is what you need to feel like your life has purpose and not feel bored. This is what you need to be accepted. This is what's going to bring you peace. It's a lie. But we start thinking about it. It's imperative in that moment. You remember the scripture that says we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So when that thought goes in your head, when that thought goes in David's head, wow, that's a beautiful woman. I want to keep looking. He could have closed his eyes and he could have said, I, I take every thought captive 
and I make it obedient to Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, he didn't have the New Testament, but he did know that the Lord loved him. And so I think it would have been possible for David to escape this moment like Joseph did. What did Joseph do when Potiphar's wife tried to tempt him? Do you remember? He ran away. He ran. That's what David should have done. David should have dropped what he was doing right then and there. And you know what he should have done? He should have grabbed his armor and ran off to the war. I need out of this situation and I need out of it now. Boys, the Lord challenges us to stand up against sin. To stand up against temptation. But this is the one area of our lives where the Lord says, don't try to stand up to this type of sin. He, he tells us, don't try and stand up against that sin. Just run from it. And I think because he probably knows, he gave us the instinct to love a woman. He gave us that. It's the reason we get married and have kids and the most beautiful things in life come through it. So it's such a strong impulse. That impulse is so strong that I think the Lord gives good advice when he says, don't try and fight it. Just run. Just run. There will be a time and a place for this. David has wives. There's like six of them, you know? There'll be a time and a place for this. Now's not the time. Now's not the place. This is wrong. Run from it. Joseph ran. And I think that is so impressive that Joseph did that. Because Joseph, he knew that um, her husband, the girl's husband, was, uh, the girl already had a husband. And he wasn't going to commit adultery. Right. That's right. And he didn't even want to be with her. That's correct. You're absolutely right. That's not what he was going to do. He ended up going to prison for it. Remember? But he trusted in the Lord. And even if he would have went into prison and never been released, it still would have been the right thing to follow the Lord. To run from that situation. So we need to take the thought captive, and then we need to run. David didn't do any of that. He saw it, he thought about it, and then he, start, he sent someone to inquire about her. Right? So... He starts playing more with the idea of sinning. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. It says she had purified herself from her uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived, meaning she became with child, and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So this, you talk about kicking into high gear. This problem just kicked into high gear. David sinned. The world's greatest blessing came from that sin, a baby. But it wasn't right. When our sins catch up with us, what's the best thing we can do? Well, I mean like, okay, we've already sinned, we've done something bad, and it's starting to really complicate our life. What should we do? Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord.
fire of the Lord is always a good response. And what do I always challenge you guys? If you do something wrong, what do I challenge you to do? Try again. Apologize. Yeah, try again. Apologize, really. Be honest. Confess to it. I did this. It was wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to go away. There still could be some problems, right? There's some consequences in this life for bad behavior, but you're going to live a true, honest life of authenticity and you're going to recover. If you're honest, you're going to recover. Because when we're honest, we've talked about this, it brings those ugly weeds that are growing in your life, it brings them out into the light. And Trey, what do you, weeds do when you bring them out into the light? They smither up and die. Yeah, that's right. They just die. They just die. So whenever we find that there's a, a dark place, kind of a, a shadow self, um, is the way it's been weeds called. Weeds grow a lot. Oh, yeah, weeds, um, it, it, it's a metaphor, Brock. Um, the metaphor is that think of sin as like weeds growing. And when you put those weeds out in the dark, God, they just, they just grow and they grow. And it's so natural with sin. It's so natural to hide it, to not talk about it. But I hope you boys know it doesn't matter. As you grow up and you feel these impulses to sin, and maybe even struggle with sin, you can, it doesn't matter how embarrassing it is, you can always come to me and say, Dad, this is what I'm dealing with. Do you have any advice? Because I promise you, you're probably not going to tell me anything that I haven't dealt with to some degree. Okay? Nobody's perfect. There might be a lot of people who say they're perfect and who make you feel bad for the... Um, you know, things and temptations that you're struggling with. Um, but they too have dealt with a lot of evil stuff. And the Lord even said that if you fail to keep one part of the law, then you fail to keep all of it. If you're guilty of even one part, then you're guilty of all of it. So you boys should know that um, you have a safe advocate to come to. Now, if you come to me and tell me that you're doing something wrong, I am going to tell you it's wrong, if it's wrong. But I'm going to tell you, I've been there too. I've done that or I've dealt with it or I've felt that before. And I'm here to support you in overcoming that. And if you overcome it right away, I'm here with you. And if it takes you your whole life to overcome with, to overcome it, I'm here with you. I'm not going to depart from you. I'm not going to reject you. I'm always going to be with you to fight. And if I tell you something is wrong, it's because I love you. I'm rejecting the temptation. I'm not rejecting you as my sons, ever. Understand that? Yes. And the Lord has shown me that same love. He's been patient with me. He's, I've dealt with things that are totally evil, that people would look at and say, you are totally evil. And the Lord would look at those things and say, those are totally evil and you deserve death. And you should stop doing those things. But I love you. I love you too. <laughs> I'm going to be patient with you as we work through this together. Okay? That's what's going on here. And we only got through five verses. We'll talk about this more tomorrow. I want to take time with this one because 
we've talked about how many victories David has and, and how well he's done in his life. And this is the humanity of David. And the truth is, is no matter what we've accomplished for the Lord, um, we all, from the till the day we die, we are going to struggle with the flesh. And if we're not struggling, if we think we're not struggling with any sins, then we're probably struggling with pride. And as a friend of mine put it, those were the only people that the Lord really, really was harsh. Our Jesus was really harsh with when uh, he was on this earth. Anybody else, they could be caught in any kind of sin. And Jesus was pretty compassionate, pretty gentle with them. But he was not compassionate with the people who struggled with pride, who thought that they were better than everybody else and thought they were doing everything perfectly. Those were the people that Jesus really was more upfront and more firm with okay so uh, i so i just want to go through this because it's it's just such a um important thing for us to understand and we can learn and learn to inquire of the lord and trust him and avoid the loss of joy and peace that comes with a sinful life we are hidden in christ we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And even if we repeated the sins of David with Bathsheba, we wouldn't lose that standing in Christ. We never lose it, no matter what. But he knows that if we want to experience the joy and peace that he has died to give us in this life, we can't be tangled up in some of this other stuff. It's going to rob that from us because it comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You guys all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is it for tonight. Appreciate the conversation. And I love you, boys. I love you, too. You guys are good kids. <laughs>